Russian nightmare. And you're watching the number one show on Long Island with Monty and the Barrel. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen only here at Indie Music TV. At the helm is super producer Matt. How are you, my friend? Chugging along just Chugging. great. Thank you for the great interview with Ken Patera. Yeah, that was great. And to the right is none other than the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? Feeling nasty. Back again for another round. Look at you. Yeah. How'd you like that Patera interview? Buddy? I loved it. It was great seeing somebody that uh, goes back to the very early beginnings of my fandom. That was fantastic. So this is kind of like the beginning of your fandom and now the middle of your fandom? Yeah, probably, yeah, right? considering it's a... 40-year history of me watching this, 45-plus or so. If anyone doesn't know, in studio we have future Hall of Famers, the Nasty Boys, on the couch, along with pro wrestling superstar, Mr. Andrew Anderson, who will pop in shortly also. But before we introduce the stars of the show, the Nasty Boys, I want to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and the Farrow Wisteria Hall, led by our own Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. They sing songs such as Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain, and you can find their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a frog in my vote. Oh, whatever. You can catch Monty and the Farrow on the Monty and the Farrow YouTube page, the Facebook Monty and the Farrow page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, RTF Sports Network, twice that's on monday and friday Ooh. channel 115 on new york cable television that's from 7 to seven thirty, and then on saturdays from 6 a.m to six thirty. that's channel 115 and then catch on the pharaoh time friday on channel 20 at 1 30 in the morning those for the late night partiers that's right we'll be right back after the sponsors with the nasty boys right. you need a body shop you need engine repair Auto Excellence, Collision Specialist, 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. 
All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Montez Farrow, only seen here at Indie Music TV in Ronkonkoma, New York. What an honor. I want to thank, here are future Hall of Famers, one of the greatest tag teams to ever step in a pro wrestling ring, the Nasty Boys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming in. Hey, thanks for having us, Monty and the Farrow brothers. So wait. We're in Long Cock, New Long Cock, in <laughs> not New York. Long Cock, um, Ron Conkama, New York. So a lot of the like Long, Long Island cities. I like Long Cockama better. Long, well, Long, yeah. yeah, well, me too. But I would like that. But when you're you know big and you only have a two incher. <laughs> what? Hey, you're not the only one, bro. Don't worry about Wait it. We're not on the same hey, boat. Speak for we're, yourselves. We're, oh, my that, God. That's all Indian names, right? It's all yeah, Indian names. We're, we're, we're from in Pennsylvania. I, I was born in Hockandaka. Across the river was Catasauqua. Yeah. They're all Indian names. There's nothing like living in the... places that you can't even you pronounce. pronounce, yeah. But they I mean, can't even pronounce, they mean something in the, in the Indian language. The chief had long caca, and they just made it a thing. He was, you know, let's use... Long all the- was he part of the Fakawi tribe? You know where the Fakawi? Where the Fakawi, yeah. There we go. Nothing like that That uh, Laurel and Hardy slapstick uh, humor or whatever uh, you want to call it. Chief, Chief Small Pencil. You know, speak, anyway. Speaking of growing up in Pennsylvania, this is, this is probably the most amazing thing about you guys. How the fuck are you guys still friends after all these years? It makes, chi- it makes well, no we sense. Well, we formed our own tribe, the the Chickasaw Suckadick Indian uh, <laughs> Nation. We was formed, and then you know we were our own. <laughs> no, but uh, we've been friends since then. Uh, played little league soft, uh, little league baseball, and we became friends. And he he had his tooth. He had it was he only had a half a tooth, right? And I go, what happened? And he said. My brother shot it out with a BB gun, and I went, oh, man, I think I'm going to be friends with you, you know, and then from, since we're 10, we've been best of friends and went through high school. I didn't go through middle school with him because I went to a Catholic school, you know, and... Uh, you went to Catholic school? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm picturing this. I don't know. I, I guess uh, I guess uh, the priest didn't find me attractive because nothing ever happened to me, I swear. I was, Maybe you heard uh, about the two-wincher. I was an... I was, I, I was an Pat Patterson boy. did, though, right? I did, did, get the, did get the magic wand, which was bend over and he whaps you with this paddle. Oh, my God. You oh. thought it was a paddle. Yeah. <laughs> Little did Who you know. Who knows what was happening. <laughs> the, father, the father, the son, and the holy slap. Yeah. Before oh, we got that, I'd sneak in and get some of the wine that we were going to use for that. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> How'd you guys come up with the idea to be pro wrestlers? Um, we didn't. You didn't? No, it just came to us. We, okay. had, we, had, no, we yeah. had no fucking choice. Well, we, he got, <laughs> he got the kind of, uh, you know, he had a scholarship to go play uh, college ball. He had to get his grades up. He went to a junior college. And while he was there, he hit the hall monitor overhead with a keg of beer. So that, uh, yeah, I don't know hot why. Or while he was hot. getting his grades up, he hit the yeah. hall monitor with a keg yeah, of beer. Yeah, well, during, okay. during where they were at the, their fraternity there, or, not, or dorm. And then I was in the Army and uh, was in for about two, three years. And then he had a weight thing. And I was 210 pounds. And I had to be 208. So I come home, and he's already getting shit canned out of the, the college thing. And he goes, do you like it in there? I said, not really anymore. My two buddies that were in already had left. And they're the ones that got me in, Lorenzo and Hoots. And all of a sudden, 
Uh, he goes, well, I said, well, they got me on this weight thing. If I don't lose the weight, they said it you know, honorable discharge. But at the time, they were really thinking on the weight. So we proceeded to eat 30, 40 cheeseburgers, a piece of McDonald's. <laughs> I was at home for a 30-day leave. I came back at like 250, and they freaked out. And I said, yeah, Drizovich, you got a month to lose it. You're out of here. And I said, okay, whatever. And I couldn't lose that much in that amount of time. Got an honorable discharge and everything. But the real crazy thing was, come from, this is the 80s now, 1981, 82. Go from there, 2009 or 2010, Jimmy Hart asked me, uh, and um, it was me, uh, Greg the Hammer, Jimmy, and Jimmy got the thing set up, and two divas, uh, SoCal Val and T uh, Brooks, uh, Kelly, is it Kelly Brooks? Is that, she was in TNA. Okay. okay. But anyway, we, we all went over, and we were there for 31 days in Iraq, and we were gone from in the morning. We'd leave, spend four hours at each base, and it was a great thing to see, and the soldiers were so happy, and for me to give back, and I was already in there, and but to see how the, 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 our soldiers were treated over there, and they're playing the Kardashians over here mm. and not even showing what our troops were going through. It was, mm. it was an eye-opening mm. experience. But so you got to come was, full circle, kind of. The, you got to yeah, go from hey. being in the Army to being in front of the Army. But the good old, my good old friend Jimmy Hart kind of slid one by me because he knows I like beer. He goes, don't worry, Nobs. They have beer on the base. It's a, it's a Muslim country. There ain't no alcohol there. Mm. But then I found out, you know, they, they got it. You know, the, some of the army guys knew the, the the deals of that, but it was a real good experience to go back there, and we had a great time. Okay, tell so. them why you're telling the story. You met your sergeant there. That's oh, why yeah. you started it. Can you so, get to the so, point? You're so, just so rambling on here. So anyway, <laughs> what the fuck the, is he doing? Definitely attacking. I walk in. I walk in though, but we're in, in the chow hall in Missoula, Iraq, and the black guy, and I said, hey. He reminded me of LT, and I'm going, you remind me of Lawrence Taylor, you know. So then we sat with the troops, and he was there as a civilian. So he came over, he says, hey, come sit with mine. And he started this wrap-up, and I said, your last name ain't Barry, is it? He goes, how do you know that? I said, Sergeant Barry, it was my battery commander oh from Fort Hood, Texas. Mm. Yes. And I didn't see him. 26 years later, I see him in Missoula, Iraq. So that night when we're signing for all the troops... He stood right next to me, and he was like a drill sergeant. This is my soldier. I trained him. He became a pro wrestler. <laughs> he, was, awesome. he was so, oh, he was so happy and everything like that. Gave me his number, and uh, still in touch with him today. Yet, you know, Sergeant Barry. Yeah, that's crazy. I know, Sags. I wanted to ask you, Sags. How do you, how do you guys keep a relationship so strong after all this time? You mean me and Nobs? What? Yeah, who, Nobs. Who, what relationship? Well, I want to ask you though. <laughs> How do you guys keep so tight? You and Nobs. Well, you know, you have we. It, it's part of being a uh, growing up together and tag team together. You know, it's like a, it's like a uh, um, ongoing thing of with your friends for life. Our, our actually, our our grandfathers partied together, worked at the cement really? mills together. Yeah, they drove wow. Harleys together back Get in the, 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 the 30s and 40s, when the, you know, all that kind of stuff. But your parents didn't pair you guys up. You just met in the, in the playground? No, I, mean, I got, I actually was, uh, tried out for baseball down in my neighborhood, and they cut me, and I came home, I was pissed off, 
and I, you know, because my old man would tell me, take your fucking glove and your thing, you go up and prove yourself up there, you know what I mean, all the other kids had their dads out there up the coach's ass and all that stuff, you know, so which kid gets cut, oh, he's, he's done, get out of here, I, I was always oh, pissed, okay. so the uh, next thing, they, well, one of our neighbors, they, hey, they need th- th- styles up there, just hockey and styles, they need uh, uh, kids on the team, I go on this team and who do I meet but him? And then a bunch of other friends are lifelong friends, too. So I'm on this baseball team, you know, and uh, he First takes me baseman. home. We go, he takes me home uh, to, to, to his house, an old farmhouse up in, you know, in Stiles, Pennsylvania, which is, we grew up in Whitehall, outside Allentown, We're close, close to here. Got a couple out, you know, due west, but um, <clears throat> go home and, hey, his Grammy's cooking something in the kitchen, and... Uh, she goes, he goes, hey, Grammy, this is Sagsy. Uh, and she got a weird look at me. I, she goes, uh, Sags? Uh, like Saganovich? Uh, because we're Polish. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, she goes, uh, are you Stevie Saganovich's grandson? I went, yeah. And a big smile came up on her face. Okay. And here she, we, we met, but she was good friends with my grandfather. There's, he's Jan Drizovic, I'm Saganovich. And... Uh, it reminded me that his, you know his they, his, you know. his grandpa was crazy like him. He hit a pole doing like sixty seventy with the Harley, the old K models, you know. Yeah. And then he he was loaded up and hauling ass, and that's how he died young. And his Grammy had to raise the family. Yeah. He was fucking crazy like we are. Right. So it's like almost it's like almost certain things are meant to be. Just meant to be. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's Feels like it was, so somebody put Even us it. together there. You know, at that point yeah. in life. Oh yeah. And then the rest is was history. You know, and we, you know, three or fuck offs in high school and fighting, and then <laughs> we get both kicked. I get kicked out of college. You get kicked out of the army. Now we're fighting again and beers and boozing and fucking up and up you know, they're like you guys need you know a bunch of our friends, local cops. Uh, Matt Millen, our good buddy, uh, uh, played for the Raiders. And you listen, everybody, you guys got to get the fuck out of here. Why don't you do that? You're, you're fighting all the time anyway, going to that wrestling or something. And that's when we started chasing down, for some reason, the guy that we were going to look for information about wrestling okay. is a guy eating turnbuckles and going, you, oh with George Steele. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. I lived one, uh, two miles from Ag Hall. Okay. Where they WWF, the okay. old, old Vince McMahon Senior tape yeah. t- television, or George Steele, Gorilla Monsoon, Andre, Ringer's Roost, the bar across the street. All the guys would sit there and drink, then go over and shoot TV. That's where, yeah, the thing was there, where that's where Snooker hit, uh, uh, Piper hit Snooker with the coconut. Yeah, was that go. Hamburg? Yeah. There you go. They'd shoot in Allentown and Hamburg. Right. And then what, um, on a mile and a half from my house, the George Washington Motor Lodge. Yeah. That's the GW, where it's where all the guys would stay that coming into town right on Route 22, yes. 78, that shoots over to New York. Mm-hmm. And this was the territory, you know? Right. So, you know, we wake well, the first I, my mind as a kid waking up on Saturday mornings and you see Roddy on there and you're, he's doing his shtick, you know, Piper, draw your face right to the fucking tube, you know? And you're like, what the shit? What's this shit, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, so we started following around, chasing George around, driving him crazy. Fucking knocking on his door, that thing. He met. I, if I got the times, George chased us, coming with the green tongue. He yeah. still have it from the show. Yeah. The tongue was green. 
and you go into his gym and me, me and Nobbs be running down the aisles of George Washington. He chases us down the fucking block. I'm tired of you two. What made you so, guys select George Steele? I don't know. We just said, well, go, that's well, a, our that guy's a, a George. You picked the craziest no, guy. But, but right. our, At least on camera. But our, our good friend was manager of the place of uh, of the quality and across the street where George was staying. Okay. He was staying at George Washington and he became friends <coughs> with George. Okay. And he goes, I got these two guys, but it was Matt Millen who, you know, four Super Bowl rings, wow, Oakland Millen. Raiders, wow. uh, San Francisco, Washington. But wait a minute. I mean, the, he's the one that actually told us. Or... He just said, let me say, talk a minute. Jesus, big mouth. Hide the anyway, foreign objects. Anyway, uh, well, you're the one that interrupted. He, he interrupted he looked, me. He looked. He looked at us, you know, and he, you know, told us, "You guys are screwing up, and if you don't straighten up, you're probably gonna be thrown in jail." He said, "One of these days, it's gonna catch up to you." Okay. He says, "Why don't you guys try that pro wrestling? You like it?" And then he's the one that really gave us a thing to say, "Oh, let's go after it." And then. That's when we went after George, after okay. Matt called us to his house. So we really respected Matt. He's playing for the pros, and he gave sure. us a real good speech and, and got us to where we were at, you know. Is he finished now? Yeah, with go his, ahead. With his, you have the floor. I, I thought he was, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe writing that, the, the fucking long, this 300-episode uh, Bible or something. I don't know. But <laughs> hey, funnier story. So we, who we met first was Gorilla Monsoon. Okay. So Joe McHugh was the old announcer. Remember Joe McHugh? Joe he was a local McHugh. guy, and he sure. knew from athletics or my names and all that kind of stuff. So Joe McHugh goes, come down, you know, and I'll introduce you to Gorilla. And uh, so we walk in, me and him. This is maybe 82. And they go, and here he, Gorilla stands up with a big smile on his face. So you guys want to get in the wrestling business? We go, yes, sir, we do. Let me give you a number. He writes down a number and gives it to us. Well, thank you so much. And they just call, and we go home. Now we go home, and we're like, "Are you gonna call or the number? Let's wait till tomorrow to call the number." And we're going back and forth about the number and the number and who's gonna call the number. You know what I mean? Yeah, but and George, it, George and all Steele this, wait, called me. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And so we finally go. All right, we Nobbs gets on the phone and calls the number. The thing, the eh, eh. Uh -oh. It was a. It was, it was uh -oh. like I, I think the number was eight six seven five three zero two. You know the song. He gave you yeah, Jenny, the Jenny yeah, song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You might have gotten Tommy Two Tone. Oh, well, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, so, but that was a, that was the first rib ever pulled on us, we, and we waited. We were anxious about calling the fucking number and waited for a, you know a couple of days. All right, we're gonna call. Okay. And it was a number, it's a fake number. Wow. Gorilla was probably back but, pissing his pants. These fucking two idiots with this number. But <laughs> you we know? bugged George Steele so much that he said, "Come meet us at the Quality Inn." And he had Schnooker, Paul Orndorff, mm. and Bob Orton Jr. to stretch us. No chic. And the chic at the at the, uh, you know. Uh, when motel. these guys walk in, and he's working. Jump em. Well, he's. You know, he's <laughs> we were going to get our ass kicked. And I'm working, and I said, uh, "Sorry, Mr. Steele, uh, but we're both working. We we love to make this and that." He goes, "Well, if you guys are serious," he said, "You'll go to Fern Gagne's camp. Yeah. That'll either make you or break you." Up in Minnesota, and at the time he had to write a resume and everything. Right. And Matt was one of our references, and Brad 
Brad was teaching the camp, Brad Reagans, mm -hmm. who was an Olympic champion. Right. He won the bronze medal. He probably would have won the gold <coughs> in 80, but they boycotted it. Right. Because he beat the Russian in the World Games in 79. And the ring didn't even get set up for three months. We were on Olympic mats getting tossed around like feathers. You know, he threw Leon White after Leon got out playing for the Rams. And wow. Leon was like... 380 pounds, he, he suplexed him right through the shower in the back, and we lived on the bottom of Brad's. So there's no way you can skip camp or everything. We were out there, and for three months on the Olympic mats, then they finally, I'm going, I didn't sign up for this. I'm getting stretched every, every day we're getting stretched, and then all of a sudden, every couple of days, Vern would come down, and after Brad had you totally exhausted, our grandmothers could have beat us. Now you got Vern coming in there, putting you in shooter holes, and you're going, ah, you know, and then all of a sudden the ring got set up. We started with 22 people, and me and him were the only ones to survive. And that's because our car broke down and there was no way to get out of <laughs> there. You had to stay. And we were on the bottom of Brad's house, so oh we had to God. be out there, you know. So, But it was good training. It really was. And then from then, when we finally get the thing, we go, you know, go through the school. We didn't jump right in the ring. Hell no. We had to drive the ring first. Then we refereed. I mean, it, it was another six months till we finally got in the ring. What you do know? you guys feel about nowadays when you read about these guys? And I don't want to label them, but hell, I will. Some of these guys who come across like prima donnas, they don't want to carry someone's bag. They don't want to go get them water or anything. What does that make you guys feel like after telling the stories of the price you guys paid to get into this business? Well, it's sort of like it, it, with everything in, you know, in life, these, you know, whether it's football, uh, baseball, you know, you got the old... You got the old school and the new school, mm. and you know. I mean, you look at the guys, you know, and the, say, the, not only it's not they're a pro, they're they're a victim of their product. You know, like the NFL. What do, what do those old guys think now? What they can't use the helmet and the right. concussions. You can't even and touch the quarterback. You got to, you right. know, everything's got to be politically correct and right. all that kind of stuff. So we grew up in that. We grew up in that old school era, right? Where you know, you didn't. You didn't hang out with the guys and party and do that. Run this route. You were go, you weren't in the business. You know what I mean? Different times. So they now these young kids they they have to deal with a whole different circumstances. Now look at this the, this coronavirus thing, and then they got the uh, PG rating type thing where they can't no more to the head because of those concussions. Mm -hmm. Like we used to do the crazy stuff. So they're limited in all these ways, and there there's no small territories. For the younger guys to learn anymore to do to experience that kind of crap yeah. that we, right. we've got to experience, you know. Right. And driving down the road together in the car after the match, talking over the matches and that. And another thing is, a lot of the guys come in thinking, "Boom, I'm gonna come in. I want to be the rock right away." You gotta pay your dues in anything to get better. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, right. uh, it's, it's a good thing that Vince started the WWE developmental so they could have. They, they run little shows all over Florida, so they get that. But when we were there, like, we wrestled the Tennessee Territory. That was six days a week, only one day off, and sometimes that wasn't off. And then, uh, you know, Monday was always Memphis, Tuesday was always Louisville, and Wednesday was always Evansville, and Wednesday's payoff was always $50. So, yeah. you know, but you learned, and uh, you learned from good guys that knew what they were doing, and... We, we had what, the, do you, do you know, think it's going to go back to the way it was, considering what's happening now with the third-party Well, I'm glad arguments. there's other leagues out there now, like AEW, great. 
Ring of Honor, great. Impact Wrestling, great. NWA. So there's other places for people to go, and even people that made it, you know, because for a while there, when, when he bought, uh, Vince bought WCW, there was nowhere for nobody else to go. And right. if you didn't work with him, you know, you, you didn't get, you know, the pay you were getting, you know, because you got paid. WCW was good. It was very professional. And they were the first ones, like, it really started the contracts with the money you're getting. And if you get hurt, they still paid you. And Vince, if you didn't wrestle, you didn't get paid. And you signed a no-money contract back in the day. It was for, for yeah, no it was money. For opportunity, right? But he, Yeah, but he said, <laughs> but he told us that we would make more than what we got offered. And we did by three three times the amount when they first... WCW first offered us a contract, but the match with the Steiners at Halloween Havoc, that's the match that got us to WWE because Hulk called me and said, Vince McMahon wants to talk to you. And I was going, yeah, you're full of shit. He says, no, seriously. And he asked us to come up. And, uh, you know, that was our goal. So, so speaking of that, how do you become friends with Hulk Hogan? How does that relationship even build? He was down in Florida. And, uh, you know, we, we used to own a restaurant back in the day with our buddy Matty. And he owned, and Matty actually owned the, the, the restaurant. We just came in as, uh, you know, like partners. But the, the Both of you. Yeah, both of us. But the, the hook there was. We were wrestling Florida well, Championship yeah, Wrestling. And, and we were. It was we still, were, that was, they remade it into a territory. Right. Game, like from when Dusty was <laughs> right. there. Mike Graham and Steve Kern. Yeah, That's why we were in Florida. Well, right. you guys we left, won the belts five times down there. We left, we left Minneapolis. Yeah. Right. Where we broke right. in, wrestled the AWA. Right. Then went to te Memphis. Then back to Minneapolis, then down to Florida, and then never really left there. So then was living, South but Atlantic. We, then we was South Atlantic and started Dory Funk Center Scott and that, tag yeah. team tournament in Japan the first time, and then out of South Atlantic, Gene Anderson took us for the first uh, uh, clash of champions. I think it was in Asheville, North Carolina. We drove down with them and had our first match ever at WCW. Against, that was uh, I think Terry late. Taylor in, uh, Jackie Fulton. Late 80s, maybe. Bobby's, 80, Bobby's brother. Maybe you know? 88, now, 89. I don't so know. you became friends with Hogan, and were you friends with Mike Graham also? Mike Graham, Steve Mike Kern. But best Steve, friends. Kern, Steve with, Kern first, yeah. down in Tennessee. We became good friends with Steve. Skinner? Uh, yeah, yeah Skinner. And, and, and he's a great, <laughs> guy, great guy, and he said, well, if you ever you know, want to come work, he had us down for a show, and, then, and he said to us, if you ever... Want to come down here and work the territory if you ever you know, leave AWA or not. And we happened to get fired again from well, AWA, and we just came down and showed up and said, we're here to wrestle. And Steve goes, <laughs> so we lived in the North 6th at Albany, right off uh, downtown Tampa there where the, where the sportatorium was. And uh, we lived there for like a couple of weeks or maybe a month. But and, Steve Kern and Stan Lane. Were the fabulous ones? Yeah. I don't know, remember oh, that yeah. tag. Oh, I know. That, they yeah. were huge. Oh yeah. Yep. And they, they're like the Rock and Roll Express was to uh, yep. the old the, NWA. You know, yeah. the tag team. Did sure. Vince even realize what he had with Steve Kern? Because well, the Skinner thing was well, like, Steve what are you doing and Stan. They were the fabulous ones in in, in, in Mid South. We went to wrestle. We were there. There was a King. Jimmy was gone. A lot of the guys honky and all them went to W uh, WWF. Right. But uh, there was still the, the Jeff Jarrett, Jerry. King Lawler was booking. We have all the old-timers there with us, a lot of the guys. the uh, uh, Manny Fernandez, to, uh, um, uh, that Jackie Fargo was still well, around. Sure. The, when we first finally started wrestling, they never put two young guys together ever, but they put us together. 
And, uh, you know, Vern Gagne, I mean, that's where we really learned. And then uh, Brad Riggins called Kurt and said, I think I got two guys that you're going to like. Then Kurt saw how we were and how mm. we acted and mm. took us in under his wing. And then we're getting taught by guys like Schnooka, uh, Colonel De Beers, Buddy Rose, guys that really know how to work. Yeah, those are... and, and that's where we learned before we even went <clears throat> to the smaller territories. We were good getting the beat-up guys, doing the beat-up scene, but you learned all the time, and they would always tell you things. And So we were there on two different occasions. And we were already we were there the second occasion with so, Wahoo and well, Ray Stevens. What a great worker Ray Stevens was in Wahoo. You know, he broke my nose so, two So Steve, Steve came back to Tennessee while yeah. we were there in the, for that year living in Nashville doing the territory, and we got to know Steve. He was done with the Fabs run, and he was back in Florida. And then he called us and said, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, starting, maybe I'm thinking of two guys maybe to come down, of, of starting up Florida Championship Wrestling again. And him and Mike Graham did it. They restarted it because it, like, after Dusty went up with the NWA and then it got bought by Turner and that whole thing, mm. it sort of fell by the wayside. Mike just left to go out of business, and it you know, happened with Eddie and stuff. But uh, we said... Uh, we love, you know, we love this. We flew in for the Eddie Graham Memorial. We went down from Minneapolis and wrestled on it. We go, you know, or, to, I think it was, if you know, Jim Backlund and Mickey J, the referee, you mm -hmm. know, those guys, yeah. they picked us up at the airport and we went, we, you know, we went from Pennsylvania back and forth to Tennessee, but mainly living in Minneapolis for four years in the frozen tundra up there. Oh, so, sure. oh my God, palm trees. Uh, uh, right. the, the sun's out. Bikinis. Yeah. I was just saying to Patera, like, why would you choose Minneapolis to live? Well, all places? Ken's an old school mini guy, and the guys that are Minnesota guys, you can tell his accent. They, it's Minnesota has this a great thing about it. It's a great city. We had a great time there, well, but it's great. a frozen tundra. But yeah. if you're from there, it, it's hard to get out of there. You know what right. I mean? They go with the. All the guys have that accent, yeah. but a lot of the guys stayed. Uh, you look at the whole, you know, Hawk and Animal were there. Kurt, Rick Rude, Brady Boone, sure. Barry Darso, T. Joe Kahn, yeah. Warlord, Absolutely. that whole crew, and then Jimmy Younger, who we became best friends with. That was that's who owned the the, the, the gym, gym, and that was Hawk and Animal's gym. We worked out there all the time, and there was a bar in it. So all the guys would meet, and the guys that were in uh, down with, with with WCW. Guys that come off the road like a Barry. WCW was, wasn't even yet. It was it Crockett. Was, well, the three big and no, ones in '85 it was WCW ready, wasn't it? No, no, it was oh. Crockett. Crockett, Vern. It was Crockett yeah. and Vern and and Vince. But, but the guy, but the guys who would come into town that were on the road that lived all in Minneapolis would work yep. out and we'd all drink together. So we got to know. Right. A lot of people, you know what I mean? Sure. All those guys, they, but they all stay living in Minnesota. Sure. It is a great town. It is a great place to be. Sure. You know what I mean? But after somebody would leave uh, WWF at the time, they, a lot of them would go right to uh, Vern. Vern mm. would pick them mm -hmm. up. So yeah. there was always big stars coming through. The, uh, Nick Bockwinkle, you know, nobody talks about well, him, but wow. what a hell of a worker he was. When we were... But Kurt took us under his wing and being with Kurt, and he was a great worker. But he, he, you know, he was in there in the early 80s, and Fuji took him under his wing, so he 
he got us into the ribbing shit. We got blamed for a lot of stuff Kurt did, but we were always with him. So, <laughs> and the rockers, nice rockers got blamed too. But Marty and Sean. Once we got to a level where Brad started taking us to the matches out of the camp after we were on the, those mats for all that time and everything, mm-hmm. and, and brutally tortured, mm-hmm. uh, we we started going to the matches. Then we started having matches, but we drove had to drive the ring truck referee or do Russell first match to every town. And I, I look back at it, and I've I, I listened to the Sheik's story, and I never knew that the here's the iron, here's Sheik, a bodyguard to the Shaw, and an Olympic uh, champion from Iran, and Vern has him refereeing and driving the ring truck. And then I look, just saw something from a while back because I caught it on I was on YouTube, but it was Larry the Axe, Kurt's dad, telling me, yeah, when Vern, I, me and we, I came in the Vern Gagne, but I you know I refereed and drove the ring truck. I'm like, what he did that too, <laughs> you know. I thought that was pretty awesome. So it's, that was the old school, pay your dues, start from the bottom, kid type right. thing. You know what I'm saying? But right. Kern, Steve, we went down to Florida, and then we were wrestling Florida Championship Wrestling. Our buddy needed help in a restaurant. We started doing that, and who we who really got us hooked up with Hawkster the first time was uh, Greg the Hammer. Okay. Uh, we got to know Greg and his wife Julie, and they were always on the road, so we got to know them really good. And then they said, uh, uh, Julie, I think, told Hawk, hey, you guys got to go over to see these guys at this restaurant, these crazy, nasty boys or something. That's how then Hawk brought the whole family in when we were closed. You know, we, yeah. we ate and met all of us, you know. Just out of curiosity, public perception coming as from a fan, it was pretty obvious that, that Nobbs and Hogan became very close on screen and everything yeah. and in general like that. Were you also as close with with Hogan during this time? Um, or? See, we had we had different deals when we went home. Okay, uh, I had uh, two young kids with my wife, and uh, I laid low when I went home. Okay, where Knobs uh, and, and Tone and and now Knobs married uh, Greg's Knobs and Greg the Hammer's wives are sisters. Okay, so okay. they but they they never had kids. Were both single, so they get home and they they go. Let that boom with Hawk, and then at the same time was going. Nobs started partying with Hawk and Brutus. Uh, Bushwhacker Beach was big, and they, these they didn't have kids either. Hawk lived over there. Brutus was always there, and the and Bushwhacker Luke lived right in the beach, and that was the go-to party spot. But when I came home, I, I lay low with the kids and wife. I was in, so Nobs with Hawk, the Bushwhacker. They all was calling stuff, and once in a while we go. Christmas parties and all that stuff. I was going to ask. But I just, feel, I, I, I was really good friends with did, Terry. Did you feel the pull? I mean, I know you're at home with your family. Priorities are priorities. But did you feel the pull? Like you know, hey, man, I, we're having well, a great time it, here at well, Hulk. When it, there was <laughs> those times where they, we, you know, would go over, like we'd meet up with the boats or something, or okay. you know, uh, right. or at the beach bars, or there's different times. Me, but me but Nobs, the once him and Nobs got together, all, they were together like every that, day. Man. You know, what I mean, every day together worked out with them. Was in the best shape of my life and. And every day there was something, you know, and, and you know, uh, my wife and me never had no kids, so right. we'd go over and hang out and have a good time, and, right. you know, and right. uh, he was he's just a good guy, man. Did you, did you help him? Did you help him through it? from a lot of people, but was, nobody you gotta, you got to realize who all lived in that area. Yeah. And we, we, we were Florida Championship Wrestling, then went WCW, then the WWE, right. F right. with them guys, right? right? But in that area at the time was Hulkster. I was, I was tight with Randy. Right. He's after he got okay. divorced and lived. We, Liz, and moved, he was my neighbor. Right. He lived Treasure on Island, you know? he lived right. on Treasure Island with me. So we went out, did all kind of stuff together. Right. We, we were neighbors with a family or whatever. He was dating a, a girl at the time. We were all always around. But right. H- Macho 
Hawk lived there. Davy Boy and Anvil moved into town. Wow. The Bushwhackers That's lived in town. the town. Oh, Greg boy. the Hammer lived there. Brutus yeah. and Hawk. Everybody. Hulk everybody was everybody there. Come down because back in the day we were on the road 300 days a year. So when you get off the road. You wanted to go somewhere where it's going to be nice, and usually Florida's nice. I mean, during the summer, yes, but you have the humidity, but we had we had we had family events though too, yeah. like they, right, uh, Harry Smith, Davy Boy in Georgia, mm-hmm, yeah. they're Davy Boy's kids, mm-hmm. and the, J- Jim the Anvil and Ellie, the uh, Natty and her two sisters, mm-hmm. when they were this big at my house, you know, when the kids were little, was Mike we'd have all we'd have birthday sure. parties with a lot of stuff together with the. The people that were down there that had kids Guys, like it's that. Guys, so. it's not easy to ask this, but I'm going to try. My partner and I, we grew up during the time of Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, yeah. your guys era too. I mean, all that whole time period, we love Hulk Hogan, okay? Yeah. When this racist thing came out and the tapes and all this other stuff, how I was personally heartbroken. Because here's my hero getting absolutely slaughtered for, for these tapes coming out and stuff. How did you guys feel when people well, were throwing Hogan under the I bus? I just it was it's like a well, it's, this is what one of the thing about the times changing, you know, um, you know because you, you know the guy's not a racist, but yeah. everyone if you if you if you're loaded or tell, telling a story or call, joking around, you right. say the n word or something like that. I mean, it, it, right. if you're in a spotlight because of the the tensions and stuff that are out there. Um, you the uh, like a TV station you're working for. If you guys would get you all of a sudden your sponsors drop you, right? And that because it's because the racial bullshit. Because it is wrong, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But sure. I like it when you know we joke around and stuff. But I love I like the the, the rappers and the songs. They can talk. They can. There's different ways to say it. That word is almost like almost a Donnie Brasco movie. You forget mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It has right. like. Great it's a point. word that yeah. can mean different. If you're talk, if a yeah. black guy's talking to a black guy, you're talking to your black buddy. What's up? You know, you see all. Right. You know, it's like a hugging thing, right? right. So it's a it's a word right. that it may means. But the, I mean, Rodman the, tried to stick up for him. He was like, he's yeah. not a racist. Oh, he's and not no a one racist at all. No, but I mean, uh, when but the but the bad thing about it is there is bad racism in our country, which is fucked up. Right. And I mean, it's it, it, next to the Native Americans who got fucked over oh. the worst than the the black people of America. Right, they were just they were just hanging out and fucking doing their thing in their own country, and you get kidnapped, and you're forced to be a a, 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 a into slavery. Who right. put the they, you think they wanted that? No. So what the fuck? You know, we we we, we we're the ones that forced them to come over here. Right. So now and since then they've been getting fucked over. So that's the situation. But if certain in the public light now, it's because it's such a hot thing. Because there are idiot fucking racist fucking redneck morons that when they say that word that means that right. word in a bad way right you know what i mean right. yeah if it's me and knobs joking around with virgil or or or, or the godfather we're right. you, you know you son of a bitch you know, we're laughing around <laughs> we know you know what i mean it's you a different thing you know can i just give him a call like you know when well, this was happening to hulk hogan the, I, <coughs> can we just like we knew it, well, we knew we always, it was, you know we're telling you know, Bro, you know, in the past, you're not, you know, you're not no racist. You're, you're the nicest guy in the world. You do so many things for charities, and you help everybody out. Was he deeply? And, and but was there really? Been, was there really people that thought that he was like a rape? Didn't like black people? Of course, oh, yeah. there's people out there who think yeah. that. He's no, it was a, it was a it was a bad look. He had yeah. a bad moment. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it was well, it wasn't even supposed to be. I never liked that guy, Bubba Love. That was about to say, Bubba set him up, right? I told him that, and I told him that, and I didn't like when Bubba Love Sponge used to come in, uh, you know, uh, 
to the locker room with Hulk. He act like he he was part of the group and just walk in the, you know, you don't just walk in the locker room. You know, everybody's paid their dues that's sitting in there. We're a fraternity of brothers. You are a, a DJ trying to be a Howard Stern, and mm. now where are you? You're nowhere because you screwed over a lot of people and right. you did what you did. I mean, you, you, I mean you that's just people, crazy. You broke people's trust. And he, and he hit Hulk at a bad time. Hulk was going through a divorce and everything. So, you know, that that just wasn't right. And then the, then, the, then the however it got out there, you know, that was a personal thing there. And, 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 and Bubba Love Sponge, to me, you know, no good. And finally, uh, Hulk finally said you were right because I always knew there was something about. Did you guys this see? Guy, the, did you know? guys see Dave Chappelle do on SNL? Mm-hmm. You know, they, you, that, you talk. Wasn't that funny as shit? That was funny as hell. He's man. smart. They smart motherfucker. Chappelle man. is one of the greatest comedians of all time. Where does he get? Where does that shit come from? The oh Chappelle show when that first but came he out. Said he, when was, he 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 used, he was using the N word when it's funny, almost like Richard Pryor. Yeah, Eddie right. Murphy. You know what I mean? That's but I mean, fucking hilarious. He had humor with the oh, Chinese, yeah. the whites, the Italians, everybody. I love the thing he did. Uh, he did with. Uh, Uncle Ben and because oh. of, of the thing they threw out Aunt Jemima like the they're taking the Native <laughs> American names off the teams that type of thing because it's like uh, it all builds up to that how, same thing. How about you the, know? the black white uh, blind white supremacist? Yeah. The guy was blind <laughs> but he was black and he thought he was white and he was a white supremacist. <laughs> it's pretty good. That, yeah, I that's mean, hilarious. I mean, but it is. But the throw like he made a joke. It was so funny about throwing Aunt Jemima. Yeah. And uh, Uncle Ben off the boxes, you know, because it re- represented, I guess, like she would be a, Aunt Jemima would be like a a lady that's a, a slave lady or something. Yeah. Or, 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 or compared to or cook or yeah, something. Yeah, like that. But, I think I think at some points we have to But learn wasn't that. the real person mad about it or something? They were, you, you're, 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 not, you're taking Aunt Jemima well, off the There's the so much crap going on now. <laughs> it's And I understand, like you said, uh, people have right to be angry, but, but it's About like, everything? Yeah. What, what, and really, anything? what really sucks is it, 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 it brings to light, and now you, you you really think about it, which is good for this country. Yeah, but because it's happened. You go back to the 1960s with Martin Luther King, Robert F. Kennedy got shot, and mm. all this stuff. And then uh, when Elvis had his comeback. Three or four hours, I watched that uh, documentary before he was supposed to go on. They're watching the little <coughs> Elvis is nervous as his comeback, and it comes across the news. They're watching a little TV in there. Uh, Ro- uh, you know, Robert Kennedy got shot, and in like four minutes, he said, give me my guitar, and he came up with that, if I can dream. Mm. And, and the words that he's saying now, back in 1968, when... You know, resonated what's going on today, right. and that's been how long ago. Right. And it's like yeah, but when when is things going to change, and it has to change. It does. To every I mean, action, there's an answer. I think some motherfuckers start f- fanning the flames. There's a shit disturber. Uh, somebody's trying to stir up some type of race bullshit war. You know what I mean? With these crazy motherfuckers. There's a lot of stuff. And there's a shit stirring yeah, going on. I somebody's fanning the fucking flames. There's a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? And that, that's a fact. If you didn't know better, yeah. you'd swear that the media wants us all to hate each other. If you didn't yeah, know something, better. Yeah, something, yeah. Like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck, right? Yep, man. Well, yeah. You got a cooler heads, got to... You know, let them, right? let, let's stir a race war and let them kill when, each other when, or something. When 9-11 happened, 
It only lasted for about a year, year and a half, but everybody was together. Everybody was saying hello to each other. Everybody was saying, and it changed. Because everybody was America. It only took like a year and a half to we're back in that same old stupid run again, and everybody's being like that. And I'd argue. Yeah, it it sucks, but I'm glad we need a change. You know well, what I mean? unplugging the black internet. Matter, dude. I'm, on, I'm all aboard because I got a lot of black friends. He has a lot of black friends. Yeah, but you think Man. about the stirring the shit thing. Going into the, the southern towns, right? And here's a thing that's been up since the Civil War. Why should that guy be? They're, they're right about it, but ripping the fucking statues down in the ta- old ta- these rednecks. Mm-hmm. You tell me that isn't piss, getting, pissing people, oh, those fuckers off? Absolutely. That's our, that's our what, what's his name? General Lee Lee. You can't. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? If they're still living a civil war to fuck out, you know, mm-hmm. and now you rip it down. That's that's fanning the fucking flames. Yeah, I you know agree. what I mean. Oh, and then, oh, you know, then they're just shooting black kids on the fucking street like it's a target practice. Right. I just seen a thing where the the cop, there's t- two kids in the car. He wouldn't pull over. He's yelling, "Stop, stop!" I'm like, "Shoot the fucking tires." He unloaded the clip in the windshield and killed the two, killed the two fucking yeah. kids. I'm like, shoot, can't you shoot right. a tire out? Right. And yeah, right. Tire it's got to you know change, I mean? man. It's right. just you know, change. Why is it, everybody they're just shooting people at will. Right. Yeah. And that you know, then you got so you got you got to just everything's a shit stirring. Like probably, I I don't I, I don't remember it that good. But if you go back to '68 or '9. I was just uh, seven, eight years old then, so you don't, you don't realize that kind of and shit's we going came, on. And we grew but it was up like up that, north, close to that, it's coming now, yeah. like it was then, like yeah. in full but circle. Don't you think up, so? You guys are from yeah. the north. We're from the north. My wife is from Nashville, but what a difference from the people in the north and. Because people yeah. in the north, when we were in the north, we never had any of that. We we were. It wasn't like that for us. You know what I mean? It just wasn't. We took everybody as I, everybody's I, I agree. equal. I agree, especially Everybody if you're in athletics, we're, right? We're, yeah, no, like, I don't know why it was like that, well, but down they, south. We re, they, the, the Indians got ripped off. We stole the land and put them on reservations. The black people got drugged from another country, were made slaves. But after slavery ended, our grand, great-grandparents and grandparents, everybody that came into Ellis Island was used as a slave the, uh, in some way. You had to work, mm. you, know, you owed your soul to the company store type thing. That's you know? right. The Molly, the coal miners and the steel workers were, all got fucked and had to pay their dues to come, you know, to come up, but not that bad. You know what I mean? You, it was, you, were, you were getting paid, but ended ended up at the end of the week owing the boss money. How does was that was that not being a slave in a way? Right. You know what I mean? So all the there's up up in the northeast up here, all them generations. Uh, you know, for our what our family, the Polish, Slovaks, Irish. Uh, oh, yeah. Germans, uh, yep. you know, everybody, Italians like all came yep. in Ellis Island, and that's when all the the, the high quality it makes New York City the neighborhoods. You know what I mean? I don't I'm like I don't like talking about it because I, I grew up always loving everybody, love your fellow man, and no matter who, what color, what race, whatever, and everybody's together. We're all trying to do the same thing and try. You know, the one goal is to. to do, do whatever job you're at, do it the best you can, and make money. So I was never, ever like that in my entire life. So I would take everybody the same. Hey, can I take a break quick? Take we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then uh, we'll get back to the Nasty Boys. We okay. shall return. Hey, uh, give me... The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, 
New York attitude. Good fucking wine. Yeah. Jeff Quest, graphics design, custom vinyl lettering, and all your art and video needs. 516-317-8204. That's for Jeff Quest, graphic design. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Hmm. You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com. 866-7-CAST-NOW. That's 866-7-CAST-NOW. QuickCast. Star in your own success. Jimmy, I just got the best hookup on tickets. Hmm, fill me in. I went to www.seatslinks.com and ordered the best tickets with the best prices. Call 718-676-0504. Seatslink, the complete ticket experience. Tell them Charles sent you. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto excellence. Collision specialists. 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. That's right, folks. Canine Corral. For all your dog daycare and overnight care, call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Hmm.
The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking What did this happen? Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh, which is now called Anderson and the Pharaoh. Seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ronkonkoma, New York, and we are back with one half of the Nasty Boys. That's right. That's right. (laughs) What? That's right. Mike's not here. Mike is gone. Mike's not in the hat. Mike is not in the hat. The reinforcer (laughs) has taken center stage, and you know what? We just want to hear something, all right? Uh, listen, Jerry, you know you're one of my best friends. You've eaten at my house. What? You were there with the table that broke. <laughs> I we, table we went story. through many, many, many things. Including I heard the table story today. I didn't know oh, the storm destroyed You don't remember it. the storm? No, the storm destroyed it. Somebody the threw a rock through I it. I saw the table, brother. The, min- the metal maniac was sitting at it. Metal maniac was holding court. And my it was 50th, your birthday. My 50th birthday. Remember that? Yeah. We had a huge-ass 50th birthday party. Yeah, that was, what, 16 years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know what? I, I, this, I, I have to ask this. You guys seem to get heat over what happened with Ken Shamrock. You mean heat? Heat. Well, it, 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 I don't know. You mean people get mad about it? Well, uh, like who? Oh, uh, and here comes Nobs. Nobs is back in the scene. Nobs is back. Go get a seat, Nobs. <laughs> We're already. You don't know I took over the stage. So, so let me ask you a question: Who grabbed Shamrock's friend's tits? What? That's all oh, I want to know. Which one of you is grabbed it, the Shamrock's friend's tits? Shamrock. Shamrock claims that Sags almost killed him, and that Nobs grabbed his friend's tits. No. That's a old. That, that, old story. Yeah. It was a bad experience and uh, it ended up bad and, it, and, and we're all, I think we're all past it, but it got, it got, they got our, sure Ken is. our nice friends in our business keep, you know, our buddies stir, stir the shit, they <laughs> yeah. stir it up. Oh yeah, I love, watch, love to do it. Let's you know watch what? Shamrock all beat Sags on the head Well, you know what, I got, I got, I'm going to change all the subject. Young, get them all, all fired up. and we were all drinking, so everybody's, you know, drunk, so... You know, some, you know, this weirder stuff happens when you're blitzo, especially when you're young. You're talking 89. Yeah, but what about when Brutus, what about, what about when Brutus showed? Monty calling from beyond saying, change the subject. What about, hey, what about, uh, what about when Brutus shoved Drew around? Oh, did that really happen? Remember you were crying, please? I I think that was Missy shoved me around. Oh, Oh. yeah. Um, Listen, Uh, change the subject. I remember in... Queens, New York, approximately four or five years ago, um, there was an event uh, at City Field called Legends of Wrestling that I happened to be a, a part of, and I just remember sitting in a locker room, and uh, Bill Goldberg is giving a speech, and he says, guys, can you just imagine, can you imagine this? This is a surreal moment. Nobs is running the event. <laughs> 
Yeah, Ric Flair said that too, but... Uh, and you did a bang-up yeah, job, man. Yeah, well, you know, back in the day, uh, me and Jimmy started uh, XWF with Greg. Yep. Greg the Hammer, and that was after they got rid of uh, WCW, so there was not a group out there. And we only had the guys for 60-day contract, and, and we were trying to sell the tape and get it edited, and all the guys Vince got rid of, he started picking back off again. That's why I figured... You know, when Jeff started his league, mm-hmm. you know, after us in the same place, Vince never went after him at once, but we had everybody. We had our announcers were Tony Schiavone and Jerry the King Lawler. We had Bobby the Brain Hanen, the Road Warriors, Schnook. I mean, everybody. Everybody that when uh, this was in. Uh, was this the Goldberg versus Steiner? No, or, no, 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 no. This is pre that. I'm thinking of that. This, this is pre that. Okay. This was right after. Vince bought WCW. There was okay. no other company. Gotcha. And I came up with this idea. And we got a backer. We shot at U- uh, Universal or, no, or Disney. I think it was Universal Studios. Okay. And we all the, at the time, Vince was getting rid of all the older guys. Mr. Perfect. Everybody. And, you know, like, out of a <coughs> job. And then, uh, you know, Hulk said, called me up and said, hey, can I wrestle? And we put him against Mr. Perfect. Bobby DeBrain was... Kurt's manager, and that job right there, and the fans were still behind him, and he still had the Hulkamania, and that next year, we shot it in November, WrestleMania 18, he wrestled The Rock, and Hulkamania went running wild again, back to the red and yellow, and, you know, what a great match he had with The Rock, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, so I did that, and then I came up with this Legends of Wrestling, and... That was to do it for Major League Baseball, NHL. Uh, we did it. Uh, uh, we did every, almost every Major League sport yep, where we take yep. a bunch of legends, come there early, sign, tell stories, then sign autographs in the baseball game to help some of the baseball teams out when they weren't doing so good. The Rays started it in 2007, and I was their 10th man. I was their 10th man, you know, coming on the board to cheer, cheer everybody up. And then it went to football and everything like that. And then uh, the one guy that was my student, Frank Santini, he um, uh, said, "Hey, you should start up. You know, make, get everything trademarked and yeah, everything like Drew that." Yeah, but then Drew wrestled on that card and the <laughs> yeah, that, for the company. Hey, but uh, we we still sold out of the I never seen such a match. My God, Detroit two years in a row. Oh, I mean, oh, there he is over there. On, uh, <laughs> that's 18th, oh, that is him. Then he wrestled Marco. 2019. <laughs> And then this year did you wrestle Marco? Oh, we and it started spreading. Or the hammer? Did you wrestle the hammer? No, I wrestled hammer. Managed me on that show. Hammer. That's a good deal. I like that combination. Put her in a court. We got two different conversations going on. Andrew, rule number one. Come on. Ever since. Well, when he took over, brother, he takes over. Ever since It's his show now. COVID. It, it it knocked everything down. You know, there's no, no you know, there's no fans that even know sporting events. So why would they need people to fill the fill the buildings? You know, but we did a, the Pittsburgh Pirates, thirty seven thousand. Nice. It was me, him, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Tito Santana, Scotty Steiner, then Scotty. Uh, uh, they had the progy race, and Scotty popped out and clotheslined the one guy that made Major League Baseball, ESPN, and then the one we did in down in. Uh, for the Florida Marlins, Goldberg was throwing out the first pitch. So he says, hey, I want to spear somebody. So I took the the guy that was my partner now, Frank Santini, and he knew how to wrestle. 
But the Colorado Rockies wouldn't give him a jersey, so he wore a purple jersey, and he found a Colorado Rockies hat. So after Bill threw the pitch, he went out, like, making fun of him, you know, and walked out mm -hmm. between the pitcher's mound and the catcher's, you know, in the home plate, and Bill speared him and got a big pop, and that hit ESPN and all over, so it really helped the company out, you know what I mean? So and you had two great years in a row with uh, Detroit's Legends of Wrestling. Yeah, yes. Sold out houses in the hockey arenas. And we had one, one, we had Flair both times, but we had Sting, Animal, Ted DiBiase. I mean, everybody you can think of. And then I switched, the next year we switched around with all other kind of legends. And we had, uh, you know, uh, it was just the Detroit's uh, people are always, you know, emailing us to our Legends of Wrestling, uh, the website and, uh, you know, the Facebook and that stuff. When are you coming back to Detroit? What about that, guys? What about the, how about the live event? event stuff that the uh the corona crap did well that's, well, that's what it, i that's said crazy that's you know what i mean stranglehold on everything i mean look at look at uh, it ain't just it's just not right watching the sports without the fan reaction in no there, it's you know? it doesn't feel right at all it guys well i still right. got you here i wanted to ask you two quick things very okay. important to me uh what do you consider the greatest moment of your career is it wrestlemania 7 when you defeated the heart foundation most, or WrestleMania? Most, I mean, does, it any, does it get any better than that no and Most what's definitely. your opinion, while I have you here, and while it may be <coughs> common knowledge, I would just like to hear it from myself. What is your opinion on the man who basically gave you the biggest platform to perform off in your career, Vince McMahon? Where do you sit with Vince McMahon today? Uh, we sit good. I mean, we're just, he's a businessman, you know, and, and now since he took it public, he's a billionaire and, you know, it's like anybody working for the boss, the boss is always going to be the boss. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, but, you know, he was always good with us. And and Shane's used to drive with us. He roomed with us for uh, three months. And the last time he was in a room with us, he was close to home. I don't know if it was Hartford, Connecticut. And he called his dad and said, okay, Dad, I'm going to stay with the Nasty Boys tonight. And all of a sudden, you, you hear this, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, Dad, okay, all right. Uh, okay, I'll see you soon. And he hopped the phone and he said, Dad won't let me stay with you guys no more. I said, why? What did we do? What did we do? <laughs> but uh, we were, uh, you know, teaching him because Vince uh, made uh, Shane do every aspect of the business. He mm. swept, put up the ring, refereed. I mean, he did every aspect of learning the business and, and on the business side, too. Very good, good guy, one of our best friends. And we know Stephanie since she's been real small. And Triple H used to drive us with the Lord Regal when we were in WCW. And when he, when he was leaving up to WWE, or WWF, he was going up to WWF or WWE. I don't know what it was called at the time. Me and Zach both said, hey, we're going to call Sean for you because Sean Michaels is a good friend of ours. He roomed with us. He was our roommate in a couple different occasions growing up in the business. And we said, go look for Sean. And he did. And then before you know it, the click was, you know, born. Mm. So, cool. Uh, I, I, I wanted to – I can't find something. You guys are good at finding it. We right at, When we won the belts in L.A. at time with the Hart Foundation, great, greatest thing. You just mentioned to him first. But we after it, we won it because it had such heat. We did an interview with Marla Maples, which was Donald Trump's wife mm -hmm, at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Vince McMahon and Donald Trump are standing in front of us. And, and, and Vince goes, now nobody get, get all, you know, you're celebrating stuff, but nobody touch 
you know, Marla and stuff no like that. No champagne on Marla. And that meant, to us, that meant rip Marla apart. You know, <laughs> but we, but I, I, I loved, we did, Piper came in on it. I think the Mountie and Dino, we had champagne. Oh, and Marla oh, got yeah. kissed. And Marla Maples got the champagne on her. It was spritzed all around. And I remember Vince, mm, the first one. <laughs> but, but I can't find that, but especially now with uh, Trump becoming the president right. and all the shit that that's pulled. going on. Right. You know what I mean? But, but, but that, we did that. I mean, like, same, uh, like Stone Cold did the thing. You see that a lot. Right. But I, I wonder, I can't find it anywhere. It's got to be. It was, it was after the. Stars. Regis, Alex Trebek was sure. on there, Marla sure. Maples. Sure. Willie Nelson sang uh, uh, God America, bless America, the America the Beautiful. Speaking of singing. Do you guys remember who wrote your theme song, by any chance? Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy baby. Is that right? Jimmy Hart, J.J. McGuire. Jimmy, Jimmy Hart was our first yeah. manager. Uh, we need to get to somebody on the phone, but the phone is locked up over here. Oh, well, that, that yeah. could hey, be the moment. You, uh, you guys know Jimmy's past, right? You're big oh, Jimmy, Jimmy was part of the Gentry's. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, Jimmy told us, we, that's what drew me and Nobbs the Sunset Strip. He told us about being in 1966 with the yard birds and the doors and all the yeah. nonsense mm. on the Sunset Strip. You imagine mm. at that time, no. Jimmy was there. <laughs> I'd like to. So Jimmy's that. always been in the music yeah. and everything. And that McGuire is Jimmy's partner. They used to write songs. Yeah. To the Guys, place. on the phone right now is Does he J. Live J. Here? McGuire. Yeah, tell him I said hello. He's Jimmy's partner. <laughs> he says, "What's going on up there?" How you doing, man? It's cold up here. Ready to go back down to Florida. WWF at the time, and he had a stable of guys all the time. But Jimmy's the man; he still is. He's still a good friend of mine, and we know JJ McGuire because they wrote all they wrote a lot of tunes back in the day. Yep. For uh, for Vince, hey, you we got to we got to get a picture of that to, for for the fans. They, that, uh, they, Eiffel Tower one. They even did the that's a good Vince McMahon, shot. Uh, he did, did it. Uh, the guy did it panoramic, looking up at the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Then you also Jimmy. You also did demolitions music, the Superfly music, and they did Road Warriors. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels too. Hey, right? really got ask, the boy ask him if he helped. He did. Did he ask him if he? No, you can say that again. Yeah. You can say that again. Well, Good or bad, you. but hey, ask him if he was on. Like, I think Jimmy wrote the music that with the Simon Cow, that WrestleMania one where it's all on there. It was a platinum seller. Did he produce that with Simon Cow? Yeah, we went over. Because uh, Jimmy and myself went over to Simon's uh, mansion, home mansion studio. And we met him, and Hulk did some overdubs on uh, "Leader of the Gang," a remake See? of the Gary Glitter song. And okay. the uh, the first time I, the and, first time, uh, is he still talking? Yeah. I can't hear him over here. It was here. unbelievable, really. And who knew? I mean, Simon Cowell was uh, a big, famous producer at that time as well. But uh, yeah, we did some stuff over there when we were in England uh, promoting, uh, you know, the wrestling boot band. Well, and I also I didn't know about. I didn't. I didn't know that story until I watched. I saw A and E, the the Lifetime of Simon Cowell. And the, what was the show? American Idol. 
Mm -hmm. they, you know, the money he made on that huge. But he goes, and I was telling his, his it was the lifetime story. He's telling a story, going, yeah, well, I got my break in the business. I ran in. It was Jimmy Hart or Hulk at the something, and you know, I, 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 then they made a meeting with me with Vince McMahon. So we, I like to do a WrestleMania album, and that, and they go, well, okay. So Jimmy and these guys wrote the music, and we sang the songs, and all of us were on that album cover. And he goes, yeah. And who would believe that thing went, you know, triple platinum overseas and stuff? I'm right. like, and I'm then I'm like, then I then I was thinking to myself, hey, I sang on that. Where's my where's my triple platinum royalty? <laughs> You know, that's the first one. And then the second one was Nasty Sensation. And then we did Judy the Beauty. Oh, she's looking so right. Uh, yeah. Right yeah. Wasn't yeah. that Jake's ex-wife, Judy the Beauty? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's good, but, uh, it's good talking to you, JJ. Does he live here? He lives in no, Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, he's in Tennessee. All right, Jimmy. We we got we got JJ. We got to let you go, buddy. We're gonna close up the show. Hey, good hearing from you, good bro. Good talking to you, my friend. Bye, JJ. Bye, bye. That's funny. JJ McGuire. JJ McGuire, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, composer of he, many. He wrote great all that. He, yep. Him and Jimmy Hart were in cahoots. He wrote all that music, all yep. that kind, of, all that stuff. Now, me and the Nasty Boys go back a ways too, right? We yeah. go back. Knobs and I been yeah. friends for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I met yep. you first, then I brought Sags up, but that's when Sags wasn't doing the stuff yet, but yep. I met you through my brother-in-law, Greg the Hammer. Through Greg and were you yep. guys at a show, mutual show, where you were competing? Or? No, no, we, we actually went up. Greg canceled that on something. Nobs came in, and yeah. me and Nobs and friends. Greg canceled? Since. Greg canceled? I can't Never. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, the so. first time, the first, one of the no. first times I remember meeting Drew was... What, what that first WrestleMania in, in New Orleans? What was that? Five, oh, six my years God, ago? That was, yeah, yeah, a long or time. Or seven ago. years ago? WrestleMania what, Thirty. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, you know the what was the signing thing we everybody does? WrestleCon. WrestleCon. Right. So we and Oz, I think Doug goes, "Hey, you guys want my table?" So we went up and did it. Doug he couldn't make because he was doing, I think, something Hall of Fame. That maybe yep. that's when Hacksaw got in there. And the, who's writing back with us? Or we're signing, sitting here. Is Greg in? He goes, hey, this is my buddy Drew. And I saw Drew around. He goes, hey, how you doing? Next thing here, me and Oz are signed here. Crack! Crack! What the? And we turn around, and they got a gimmick going. Him and Greg, it's like a talk about carnies, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's charging people the marks to chop them. And I'm chopping them. And, and he's, I'm like, dude, I said, you're going to. People were bleeding. You're going to break. How much a chop? 50 bucks. I don't know. But, 50 bucks a they, chop? Then he, but he would wow. chop them so hard. I go, you're going to break the, one of these skinny guys' ribs. We did. I said, you're going to be dead here and or something. And they were doing the figure four. Because it, you, know, was and you hear like a thump, boom. Four. And then now time goes by. Hey, man, I, I, Drew's going to get in trouble chopping these people. He's going to crack somebody's ribs and there's going to be a, yep, the cops right. will be here or something. <laughs> the next thing I hear, I hear, no, no, boom. And I go, I turn around. I thought somebody was getting the chop again. Now. It's hammers on the ground and got the guy in the figure four in her charge. Yep. <laughs> I said, this is like a carnival you know, duo. Bushwhacker Luke was taking oh, pictures with funniest. his cell phone saying, so nobody's going to believe this, mate. And when you go into figure four, it's a painful son yeah. of a bitch and hold your in. You, know, you can snap any knees. You, I am no longer oh, with Marcus. Pretty, I'm not oh. paying anybody. No, but oh, but they, oh, Greg was doing it. What are you talking about here? You're in pro wrestling, dude. <laughs> Just like baseball has theirs. Football has a, sure. It's a fraternity of sure. brothers that we really look after and care for each other, and especially back coming <coughs> from the 80s and 90s. And and them guys are still, we're still good friends with everybody. The Steiners, Bret Hart, you know, uh, Hacksaw, you, I mean, you, you, you just name it. I mean, and, and you know, Hulk. 
Bill Goldberg. I mean, I still talk to everybody. And uh, Booker T, I was just with The Godfather uh, doing a reality show. And it might be coming out next year called uh, Tales from the Road, where we're going to go and talk nice. to some of the legends about, you nice. know. I said this, Stark side of the ring, always downing the business and this, this, this. Hey, we had great times in the business. Right. We, we, you know, there, we had no, uh, no complaints at all. I'm beat hey, up after Do you guys that ever feel that way about, you know, we were talking about the media that everybody, nobody wants to hear good news. Right. No. <laughs> There's no. all, the, the no. news, you turn the news on, we've it's like you want to see the murders, yeah. how many, you we've know, and all the, and we've been conditioned. And you're like, you want to you get shocked and see yeah. the and, bad and news. And people wonder why, thing. people wonder why wrestling's, WWE's ratings are down. It's because the media has the baby face yeah. with CNN and the heels with Fox and, the, and they're go. doing wrestling better than wrestling is. Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. much, you're right. Yeah. So. Well, guys, we got to wrap it up. I want to thank okay. the Nasty Boys very much for coming down. Thank uh, you, and the great Andrew Anderson. My brother. I'd it's like great to, to have Drew. Mike Monty. Mike Monty, get in here. Mike, get in here. Who has pulled the Dr. Seuss? Where here. is he? Where is he if I summon him? There he is. There he oh. is. <laughs> that's, that's, hey, it's almost time to put That's how Drew looks without his wig. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what the funniest thing I ever said? Remember, you, know, you know my assistant, Jason, right? Yeah. yeah. What Jason says to Greg one time, he goes, hey, Hammer. He goes, is it true you keep your wig on a styrofoam head by the side of the bed and, and your teeth in a jar? Oh, my God. <laughs> Greg looked at him. Greg looked at him and goes, fuck you, you cross-eyed freak. <laughs> Got to get ready again. Put on the mask. I'm telling everybody out there, wear your mask, wash oh, you your hands. This virus is no, I got one no, right here. no, no, yep. no bullshit. And, uh, you know, just be safe out there, everybody, man. And everybody have... You. A happy Thanksgiving, and from the Nasty Boys, what kind of Thanksgiving is yeah. going to be? Yeah, nasty, happy Thanksgiving. That's but, right, baby. Hey, we love you guys. Without you guys, we wouldn't be sitting here right now with you guys. You guys, the fans is what made us, and we like going to the Comic-Cons and talking and signing autographs for you guys. Makes us feel good. We couldn't do it this year because of coronavirus, so... Let's all stick together in 2021. We'll be back to... And Nobbs, where can they get a mask? Where can they get a Nasty Boy mask? Uh, Breakneckgear.com. They have a a bunch of them. Uh, They have uh, the Nasty Boys. They have Bret Hart. They have Hacksaw, and they have animals. So they have all kinds of stuff. Shirts, socks, masks, everything. So check it out, breakneckgear.com. And wrestling fans, I'll see you December 12th in Greenville, Texas for SWE Fury. All right, folks, you've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh, and we'll see you next Thursday. Drew's going to Texas. Later. Take care.